What's up, guys? It's time to go Behind the Bum. What's up, guys? Welcome to this episode of Behind the Bum. I hope you all had a great Easter, Passover. I think it was like Greek Easter or something. I mean, there was just like a lot going on this weekend. So anyways, one of the things I've been wanting to do an episode on because I've been seeing a lot of ratchet things occurring, and I'm not saying it occurs at Dolce Aesthetics, but I'm saying after working at Dolce Aesthetics four times a month, Um, I've definitely seen some things. And one of the things that people have been doing in terms of trying to stay younger um, is hormone therapy. I don't even know if I should call it hormone therapy because I don't even think this is necessarily legal to be doing. So one of the people who I have followed for a long time, and we have had this fun, bitchy banter back and forth for years. um, His name is Vlad. I literally don't even know where you live, Um, but Vlad, where do you live? I live in Stockholm, Sweden. Stockholm is the capital of Sweden, and that's where I live. And what do you do? (laughs) I am a biochemist. I work at the Stockholm University. I work with structural biology of proteins. I have a background in biochemistry and a PhD in medical science. Okay, so that's why you're the perfect person I had come on and do this, because I I was like, although this... Although this isn't necessarily your concert concentration, no, do you have more knowledge than I do? Yeah, maybe a little bit more. I mean, uh, I will definitely do my best. I thought it was a very interesting topic. I've been diving a bit into it. It's not my direct area, but it's super interesting, I have to say. So I guess let's start with the fact, actually, before I go into this, okay, so you have a PhD and you are like this like biochemist, like... (laughs) like your instagram is so you know thirsty (laughs) like yeah science field care about that no i I don't know how it is over there but here not not really i have never have had anyone say anything i recently published papers with my first name there's nothing uh I, I keep it like all those fucking memes you see, like you have the LinkedIn account where everything looks super professional. And then you have the Instagram account where you're thirsty. And then you have your scruff account where you're a whore. My favorite one is the one going around recently that it's like three images in a grid and two images of like your high school friends at 30 and they're all holding children. And then the bottom image is like you in a thong and high heels. Like, like <laughs> Well, that's literally me. I recently just went to like laser tag in a crop top because I couldn't take it seriously. That that <laughs> makes sense. Did you like yeah. annihilate some children? Oh God, no! I lost horribly. Oh my but God! I had fun. I had fun. I guess I guess that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't gone laser tagging since high school, but like I used to love it. I did try actually once with uh, when it comes. We go back to the thing with uh, Insta with Thirst Instagram and work. When I was looking for other positions, I tried both applying for jobs with my account private and with the account completely open and I didn't see any real difference in like the response I would get from employers recruiters and stuff like that no one really looks at that I feel over here at least yeah I really don't know because I think I mean listen like I don't work in like the corporate job whatever so like I would just have to assume if I was going to hire somebody and they were going to be my assistant or my boss or working with them the first fucking thing I would do is look (laughs) them up on social media 
Like I would be sure to find them. Be like, do are we gonna vibe together or are we not? Yeah. I don't know if I don't think many in my field actually have social media. Not that many. I only have two coworkers currently that I have on social media. Out of all of them, do they appreciate your photos? I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, not the. I think so. They don't comment that much on them. We just, I share memes with them. Basically, we just banter back and forth. It's kind yeah. of fun. All right, so yeah, let's start like surface level here then. So yeah, obviously, as we all know, or maybe you don't, testosterone is not necessarily the only thing in your body that makes you horny. Let's say. Mm, so there's yeah. other hormones associated, and that could be based on things you eat. It could be based on what country you live in. Um, all these things basically can affect your libido, which is your sex drive. Yeah. So let's start with at what age <laughs> does your libido and your sex drive and your testosterone levels start to go down? I don't know medically because it's not where I am working per personally, but I think it would be somewhere maybe. I mean, the hormone levels start to go down as you hit middle mid age, I would say. So but, I, I have mean, an article pulled up. Listen to this. Yeah, it said it. your hormone levels start to decrease at the age of 30. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, that doesn't affect your sex drive, I would say. Did you feel I'm 39? No, so I mean, not, I, it's not affected me at all. It says sex drive tends to go down around 40 and then go back up in men around 55. But obviously, your highest peak of a sex drive is when you're 18. Interesting. Which sounds what? about right. Yeah. I so, think I was. Oh, I let's think hear this one. I think personally, I had more of a sex drive in my 30s than in my early 20s. And I think mostly because it was like coming to terms with yourself, coming to terms with being gay. And I was. Then living in a very small city in the south of Sweden, and it wasn't as open and as gay. So I think also that it becomes this environmental factor that plays in. Where are you growing up? Where are you coming to your sexual maturity? So I think a lot of factors play in more than actually hormones. I mean, of course, you're a raging hormone monster when you go through puberty. But other than that, I think the social factors can also play a big role in how, you, how it yeah, plays out for you. I guess I would have to agree with that because... I would say in my early 20s, when I first moved to New York, I felt like that was the way to make friends. So I did <laughs> a lot of shit and a lot of people because I was just trying to like make friends, find a crew. Like I fucking hate circuit parties, but guess what? I went to circuit parties all the time because wow. I that's how I was going to make friends. I thought that's what gay people do. Um, and everybody there, it, when you go to a circuit party, it smells like straight, like whole. <laughs> it is so, <laughs> it is so I, fucking ratchet i can't stand it yeah it's not my scene either exactly i've been to a couple of those cruising parties in some crazy places like uh, grand canary and stuff like that but it's uh, it's a smell let's call it that it's a smell and it's a vibe and yeah. it's like it kind of loses some of its charm of it when it's just sex it's just like you can't even talk to someone because they're literally just holes looking for holes or yeah yeah, and they're fucked up on drugs the whole time. Yeah, I never got that. I never got where you need drugs to have sex. For me, it's just no. like, no, I want to be there. I want to feel it. I want to enjoy the moment. All right, this is definitely a sidebar conversation. <laughs> but I think 
there's a very big difference between sober sex and drunk sex. And it Absolutely. is like, I don't know what it is. I, I've been having more um, sober hookups lately, and it's definitely taking some getting used to. Huh, interesting. I know that I've, comes off super unhealthy. <laughs> listen, if you do drugs every now and then and have some great sex, have some great adventures, and no one gets hurt, what's the harm? There isn't really a harm. It's when something becomes an addiction that it's a harm, right? I mean... Well, listen, I don't do drugs. I'm talking about just being drunk yeah. at a club and then going home with somebody. But to, like, do it on a weekday in, like, a clear headspace, I'm like, this is interesting. It becomes more like a quality over quantity, maybe. Like, if you're at a circuit party and you're drunk, and it's like you'll have a couple of guys, maybe, like, a, a really, like, intense, fun session. But if you're, like, sober in the moment and someone comes home to you, maybe you can, like, put more quality into it and, like, exploring more and having really fun. Well, I think what it comes down to is people get drunk and try to use it as an excuse. Like, oh, my God, because, like, you want something to, like, back it up in case it doesn't go well. Yeah. So it's like, oh my God, I'm sorry, I was drunk. Or like, oh my God, yeah. like, yeah. I was completely like, fucked up. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think that's why people like to be drunk for it. Yeah. But that's... Yeah. Like, that's, the first time ever I had sex, uh, like ever, ever, I was also very old. I was like 21. And, I, and it was in a... I, I met the guy in a club in London. And the he first was, time you ever had sex was with a guy when you were 21? Yeah. Wow. I know, right? Uh, there weren't any guys in my hometown. What can I say? Literally. I know, but I figured you would have fucked a girl, maybe. Never. It's just, <laughs> it's never crossed my mind. It's something that's even possible to do. That's so weird. Ever. Hey, I wanted to just try it, and that was like my... You did? Yeah, I, I did. Wow. I think I was 20. I might have been 19. Did you pick you? college, and I was like, this isn't for me. I, I could never get to that step because anytime a girl would hit on me on a nightclub, I would freak out. It would scare me. <laughs> and I don't know why. And I guess that's like, in a sense, maybe I can understand straight guys get freaked out when gay guys hit on because I have the same feeling when girls were hitting on me. Now you feel bad for straight men. No, never. <laughs> I'm trying to meet them slightly halfway, but I will never feel bad for them. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, okay, it. so... Back to the testosterone thing. Yeah. Um, I actually recently discovered that there is a difference in testosterone levels based on your race, which mm. I found extremely interesting. So basically, let's just narrow this down to white, Asian, black. I mean, yes, I know there's a lot of other races, just kind of yeah. trying to narrow this down. But I'll just socially ask you this question. What yeah. race do you think has the highest level of testosterone? Uh, it's a really hard question to answer that bluntly for me because I try to look into the science of it. And first and foremost, I don't think that the category of race really applies to the human species. It's not generally agreed upon and it's not something that has been accepted by the genetic or anthropologist society, generally speaking. So I don't know that concept fully out, but from, from a, like a more lighthearted point of view, I guess I would uh, say that there's seen, been some studies that have shown that it seems to be a higher level of testosterone in African males or black men. That is, that is correct. And I'm kind of surprised that 
there's a way to like even like t- I mean I guess I know how you could test it because you could test your testosterone levels but it's super yeah. interesting to see that black men have like a almost five percent higher level of testosterone than like even a white male and that doesn't necessarily mean that they are hornier it just means they have a higher level of testosterone which could also be a benefit because that could help you look younger maybe this is why like black men don't age as horribly as white men (laughs) um it could be a multitude of things it could be a multitude of things i think when they looked it was a meta study that looked into these that pulled all of these studies and looked into these five percent and they couldn't see any real health effects of this five percent which was a significant uh, difference from uh, caucasian males but it could not res- uh, explain like health factors they would, uh, would associate with testosterone level. So it is an interesting observation. We don't know fully what it means, but it might be one contributing factor among other factors, like how you live, how much you spend time in the sun, what you eat. All I mean, listen, yeah. there's a couple foods that actually can increase your testosterone level. And I was actually surprised that alcohol hinders it. Did you know that? I uh, didn't know that fact. It wouldn't surprise me, but I didn't know that particular fact. Yeah, it says that testosterone, like people like use testosterone, like people use alcohol as an excuse to be like, oh my God, I'm so horny, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. But then at the same time, I feel like people use it. Or no, no, maybe the reality is because how many mm-hmm. times have you hooked up with someone who's drunk and then they can't get hard? uh a couple of times maybe i think uh yeah a handful of times i wonder if that has something to do with that uh with the testosterone level no i don't think it it, i don't think that would be the connection or correlation at all i think it's generally speaking like alcohol is a very small molecule it goes literally everywhere interacts everything not only with receptors it destabilizes membrane proteins and membranes generally it uh gets you everywhere. I don't know the actual mechanism that causes people to get flaccid. It can also be a very huge psychological effect. Like, you know, you're drunk, you're thinking, oh, I, should, I hope I don't get soft, hope I get soft. And then you go soft because you're thinking it, and then you become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. When you overthink sex, it does not go well. Oh, then you're lost already. It's just, it's <laughs> not, not it. No, no, no. Just be there, be present, but don't overthink it. I say, enjoy it. See where it goes. So I'm sure this is going to be to no surprise to anybody, but Mm -hmm. here are some foods that decrease your testosterone level. So first off, fried foods. That is so sad. (laughs) You love fried foods? I literally could. I mean, I probably have French fries at least every other day. Well, it doesn't show on your Instagram. (laughs) <laughs> bitch i i do work out a lot but i eat horribly fuck you i literally uh, eat air <laughs> oh you're one of those bottoms <laughs> yeah I, hey i i can't i mean i i for me staying fit is a struggle i have to work i have to say i have to work at it i don't have a high metabolism i eat, literally eat scented air i mean does it bother you if you're not physically like i feel like if i gained weight but I was still in shape health-wise, I yeah. wouldn't care. Yeah. Like I'm it's, not one of those people that feels I need 
a six pack. Like if I got a little like poochie down the line when I turn like maybe <laughs> 35, like I don't care. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's I for me, I wouldn't care. I mean, but I do enjoy being very fit. I wasn't as a child, uh, as a teenager either. I was very awkward and overweight. I dropped a lot of weight in high school, like a lot. So it's a sore subject somehow. And it's, it's, it's a way of me to keep control, I think. And it helps with confidence issues, honestly. So I could, yeah. I could see that being a thing. Yeah. Well, you look great now. Oh, bless your heart. Thank you. you too. <laughs> but back to the fried food. It's, um, okay, so basically fried food could decrease your testosterone levels. Things that increase your testosterone level is, for example, one of the best ones is eggs. So people eat eggs every morning. Also berries, cherries, pomegranates. So maybe throw some like berries and some oatmeal, call it a day in the morning. Um, what else do we have? Avocados. What I'm hearing is basically, what, what, what are the two things you have identified here? You have identified relatively healthy food versus unhealthy food, right? Fried foods versus fresh foods. And I think one of the linking factors there is a healthy lifestyle generally keeps you healthy, which keeps your endocrine system healthy. But does an avocado have a whole bunch of fat? It has fat, but you need fat. I mean, your cell membranes are fat. I mean, a lot of things in your body is fat and you should absolutely have it, but you should also be good fat. It should be have something else which have macro and micronutrients with it. Uh, when you're eating, say, if you're eating berries and avocados, you're making active choices, right, to eat correctly. Whereas if you're eating fried food, chances are you're stressed, you're on your way home from somewhere and you're just like, I need to just grab something. Mm-hmm. Or, you need, or you're feeling like, oh, fuck this shit there. I need a comfort food. I need that nice <laughs> burger and fries. And because I think there's a link between hormone levels and uh, general health and uh, obesity. Oh, for sure. I mean, as yeah. you gain weight, you lose a yeah. lot of things. Um, the only interesting one on this list, I mean, obviously we could talk about like greens and like leafy shit and fish, blah, 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 whatever. Right. But one of the interesting ones is actually, it says cocoa products. Cocoa products. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. And well, it says well, that doesn't mean you should have chocolate necessarily, but it says low sugar, dark chocolate has an effect on your testosterone levels. Uh, might be it's very rich in antioxidants and such. I don't know. I won't say definitely, but yeah, what it, I remember- it has powerful anti antioxidants and anti-inflammatory effects. Yeah. I know it has antioxidants, which are good for you because they kept reduce radical oxygen species in your bloodstream and so on so, and so forth. Uh, what I know is that there's very little you can actually eat that will alter your hormone balance, generally speaking. Like when people say, oh, I'm eating a lot of chickpeas to get my estrogen levels up. Yeah, you, you won't. You won't, you won't perturb the system in that way. Yeah. I, think, I think it comes back to the healthy choices. I think it's come back to the overall health of you as an organism. I mean, yeah, I feel like these things would have to be like, you can't just like, eat some dark chocolate and think it's going to make you horny. Like that's not how this works. It's not a good pre-workout. Let's just say that you're not going to get more buff at the gym. You'd be happier. Absolutely. I mean, who does like a really good piece of chocolate? That's for fucking sure. Mm. So I think one of the most interesting things I discovered is it says your nationality, 
or moving to a different country has an effect on your libido. Oh, for sure. I find fascinating. Yeah. I, I was thinking about this and it's like, I remember this really clear story for me where this was absolutely a factor. During my PhD, I went for an abroad trip to uh, Serbia for an exchange with their science program there for three months. And I felt myself go back slightly in the closet because it is a slightly more, uh, less homo-friendly place. It's a bit more homophobic. So I wasn't as flamboyant or as like ass queen as I am in Stockholm where I don't give a fuck. So in that sense, I was a bit more hesitant, but at the same time, the men in Serbia are hyper-masculine and they walk around in sweatpants with no underwear on all the time. And it's just bulge city. So doesn't that like, I don't know. Okay. So I feel like, listen, I've only lived in America. Actually, I've only ever lived in New York, so I can't say much. But I've traveled a lot of places. And I would say when I go to these less homo-friendly areas, it's not that I'm not horny. It's that you might just not find anybody and you watch porn and jerk off instead. Like, I I still think you could be horny. It's just not as, maybe you're not having as much sex. I was super horny, but I didn't act on it, which was the, the, the main difference, right? Between being somewhere where you're comfortable and somewhere where you're not comfortable. Did so I don't you know cry, how- though? Ah, I t- did go to a couple of clubs and so on and so forth. And it's like really, uh, it's like interestingly dodgy there because you don't, the, the gay clubs aren't advertised. You have to know someone who will show you where it is, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's very speakeasy. Sort of I mean, that would that doesn't surprise me or it's probably like a house party or some shit that like some underground things going on it's like hey let's all meet here no ultimately i didn't uh hook up there but i had a friend who came and visit and uh, he pretended to be sick one day and i went out to watch see the city and he just had guys over apparently how'd he meet them uh grinder they had all blank profiles but he was braver than me (laughs) i'm not really into the blank profile thing I, i no 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 Mm-mm. like if you can't show me your face you have more problems than one as far as i'm concerned and like yeah. i'm not here to unbox this with you but but literally in in belgrade i was the only face profile it was either blank or torso so did you get all the messages all the time <laughs> I, I i did get a lot of them but people just are very passive and i think a lot of people there are like gay on the down low so they have a wife and stuff like that and they'll just contact you for the hookup so you're just literally there to fuck meat meat yes a piece of flesh um so i guess that's a great example of a place that has um maybe a low libido i would say, yeah maybe uh, a, a shifted one i mean i was thinking about also like when people come to sweden like say we've had a lot of flux from uh more Muslim countries now, like Syria, after the crisis like that, and a lot of gays coming here. And I think they feel like a sexual renaissance when it comes to a more liberated zone, where it's mm-hmm. more okay and open, not only to have gay sex, but to generally have sex outside of a marriage construct. I feel that people uh, start to like really open up and like experiment. Okay, I have a question for you. Shoot. What country do you think has men with the highest um libido let's say this is not testosterone levels this is who has the highest sex drive even let's say 
a part of me wants to say Italians, but that's based off stereotypes, I would say, than anything else. Why? Based on people you fucked up with, you just think it's Italians? I think it's mostly cultural media. Like you see Italians being so always so thirsty and upward going and outward going. But from experience, I would say Spaniards. Okay, so it's actually Finland and no. <laughs> How interesting is that? Oh, yeah. It might correlate back to your uh, cocoa thingy. Uh, you know that Sweden, Finland is the highest consumer of coffee. Like some of the highest consumers of coffee in the world. I think Sweden is in the third place or second place. Very interesting. Mm. We're tying it back to the nutritional thingy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I definitely would not have ever guessed those countries. Granted, I've never been, so I don't yeah. know the scene or the men in either yeah. of those countries. But um but yeah, it makes that's... yeah, Sweden was one of the very early countries to pioneer online dating and dating apps and dating sites very early on. And they took to it very, very fast as casual way of dating and hooking up, even straights and gays. They did it as a hookup app or like an actual, like, we want to go on dates? I think it started that way, but it, it just, do you say digressed or, di <laughs> or it turned into more hookups, I think, especially Stockholm. I think Stockholm is impossible for people to find relationships in. Everyone just hooks up. So but it I think sounds like New York. Like exactly. You can go I think there and hang out, yeah. but you can't trust anyone. No, it's, it's very that. People who are chronically single who don't want to be have a hard time breaking that. Are you single? No. Nope. Oh, wow. Ah. That's a fun fact. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not advertised a lot on my Instagram because my significant other doesn't do social media at all and has kindly asked to be excluded. That's so nice of you. Yes. <laughs> Probably better you live in two different worlds, I guess. Yes, it, it does help. He's in his bubble and I'm in mine, but we we share this nice apartment together and we game and we do all that fun stuff together. Yeah, I could tell you're a big gamer. I mean, nobody just casually buys the headset you have on right now. That's Isn't it sure. fashionable? Isn't it fantastic? It looks like oh. you're in like, I know this is probably going to sound super lame, but I feel like you're in like Halo 2 or something. Oh. That like you're one of those like, no. No. Nah. It's more fantasy games and more like uh, uh, multi, uh, multiplayer arena games. And stuff Is like Halo that. even still a game? Maybe. It was never a game for me. I, I, it's just, uh, I don't like first-person shooters and stuff like that. It's too stressful for me. Okay. You want to just turn your brain off, kind of. Yeah, so just click a bit and rage some teenagers. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, the last thing I want to talk about Let's is... Shoot. Um, I'll say hormone therapy. And this doesn't necessarily mean we're talking about people being transgender. We're talking about people who are aging and think that this is a way to combat aging. So maybe this is a US thing. Maybe this is a, I've seen some shit because I live in mm -hmm. New York and everyone's trying to make themselves look younger. So this is definitely not common. But no. one of the things people do is they inject themselves with either, let's say, estrogen or testosterone because you get that, like, youthful, I don't want to say you get that, like, youthful feeling, but, it, like, it affects your body. You know what I mean? Like, it helps with yeah. collagen. It helps with, like, every level. Like, I know 
a 50 something year old woman who has not gone through menopause yet because she still currently injects herself with estrogen. Okay. To avoid yeah, I mean, factor because she yeah. thinks it makes her look younger. I mean, it might possibly make her look younger because she feels younger because she stays off. Because what is menopause? Menopause is like the staple, like you're an old woman now. So if you feel that, you're going to look that. So if she stays it off with hormones, maybe she'll feel younger and then she projects younger. I don't know what it does for the skin or other signs of aging, but I would assume it has more to do with a psychological effect in that sense. I mean, it's very well possible. I mean, I feel like yeah. there's probably no studies that have been done to say like, hey, this person lives longer and looks more youthful because they fucking inject themselves with testosterone for 30 years. No. But like, who's to say? And what do we know about those uh, guys at the gym who do vitamin T? They don't look really younger. They just look buff. See, I think the people who do that shit, their skin actually looks horrible. Horrible. Like their back knee is insane. <laughs> yeah, the back knee. But even their face, like their face yeah. looks like um, almost like it's losing volume, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think it's also a factor of dehydrating themselves because they dehydrate to get the muscles to pop more if they're like, say, preparing for something or just want to stay always like defined. Yeah, there's clearly something. Yeah. I mean, is it just an American thing that everybody wants to stay younger, both visually? No, no, and- no, no. I mean, Stockholmers and Swedes generally are also extremely vain. I mean, there's a, there's a gym on every corner. I mean, I have gym membership to a gym the way I can go. It takes me five minutes to go to one or either cha- uh, venue. There's everywhere. Everyone is in Sweden goes to a gym. Everyone in Sweden takes care of their appearances, uh, sunscreen, all of that thing. So basically I, this like combating aging thing. Yes, is like, yes. Yeah. I think it's in every big city in a higher extent. It, What's Sweden, the craziest thing you've done to try to look younger? What is the craziest thing I've done to try to look younger? Uh, I never tried it. I actually contemplated once getting like uh, hair transplants, but I haven't pulled the trigger yet. Other than that. Your once, hairline doesn't look bad. No, it's not the hairline. It's a little, little bit right at the top of the head, like the oh. monk haircut, a little bit. But a good fuckboy fade takes care of that. <laughs> you do have the ultimate fuckboy fade. I do, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've not heard so many crazies. It's very common here now with fillers and uh, uh, what's it called? Botox. Uh, exactly. That's very common. I've seen a lot of friends starting that route. And... Yeah, I feel like all my friends, like, I feel like everyone's turning 30 now. I, um, I have six months still. So like, I'm on the younger oh, end of my age group. Shit. You're 29. Uh, but I've been getting Botox for like five years now. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel a difference? 100%. If I showed you pictures, wow. uh, like, bef- and I look younger currently than I did when I was 25. It'll be super interesting to see 10 years down the line if you keep it up, if you, if you see like a clear difference as well. I started super young with uh, face creams, just general moisturizing, hydration, a cleanliness routine. And I think that set, a, if you start with that in your 20s, I think it sets a good groundwork for how you're going to age. Well, like I said, one of the things that, so I go to um, this place called Dolce Aesthetics. I work there once hmm. a week. Um, and the people I see come in and let's say they have these problems because they've 
baked in the sun and they have all these sunspots and whatever else I see all these problematic things. And so it's funny how I've changed how I live my life based on what problems I'm seeing on older people when they come in, because they really do look a fucking mess. And I'm like, yeah, but I get like back in the day, people would just like lay in the sun with just straight fucking vegetables. Oil. Yes. It's, it's insane. I'm very lucky. I, I tan super easily. Uh, so I, even when I put on a very heavy sunscreen, I tan very easily. So I do get like that nice, healthy sun-kissed look, but I also always make sure to put on sunscreen. And I know a lot of Swedes are very pale and they get stressed. That fact stresses them, right? They want to look sun-kissed as well. So they just... I was going to say, when I think of Swedish men, I definitely don't think of a nice summer glow. No. <laughs> but I they agree. do. Many of them look... Because we have the summer sun here, right? So it's usually the the sun almost not doesn't set in summer so we have a lot of sun and a high uv index in, in summertime so people do get fairly sun kissed well maybe i'll have to come check out sweden you should definitely you'd love sweden in summer obviously I, it's not a place i'll find a boyfriend but you know don't say that you might i mean based For on sure. your selling points about sweden it doesn't seem very probable I mean, it's literally the same in every big city. I mean, New York's the same. I can guarantee you London and France are the same. I mean, when you have a lot of option, you're going to want to sample the buffet, right? So I'd I'd have to say I have a lot of friends who are like actually in relationships in like San Francisco, LA. Huh. But I would say like the New York, Miami is like, you're just a mess emotionally <laughs> like relationship wise like it's just maybe it's an east coast west coast thing i mean i don't know maybe people who live on an active fault line fear death more readily so they get into relationships that's that's an option <laughs> did you meet your boyfriend in um stockholm no uh, uh on the uh, gay dating app where were you uh, uh, then I was doing my undergrad on the west coast of Sweden. So okay, Stockholm so is on the east coast. Maybe that's why you've managed to maintain your relationship because you didn't actually meet. Yeah, we had a long distance for a while. I think that helped keep the romance going in the beginning for sure. I think it definitely helps. Well, can't <laughs> relate. <laughs> oh, sweet. Um, okay, guys. Well, basically, that is... Just, I just, uh, um, yeah, I'll just end with saying, like, uh, if you're thinking about doing testosterone to keep younger, don't, don't mess with your endocrine system. I probed a couple of doctors for this, and they have no positive thing to say about this at all. They don't recognize this practice at all as something being healthy for you. It will not help you to stay younger. Do the Botox. Stay out of the sun. Eat do well. some Botox. And also, more of the story, testosterone does not affect necessarily, like, your horniness level like your libido is like it's all based on social factors and based on it could be your friend group it could be what city you live in it could there's a multitude of things so so just because you're getting older or your testosterone levels are on paper going down (laughs) that doesn't mean your sex drive is going to go down as well also, don't measure it. Don't care about it. If it, you don't have literal medical problems, don't care about it. You look fine. Anyone, well, anyone out there, if, just, if you're fine, just be fine. You're one of those. Yeah. <laughs> See, don't I'm a go looking for... Tr- 
Oh. And I need to know everything that's going on. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Don't go looking for it. Just, just enjoy life as much as you can. That's my advice. Eat the dark chocolate, yes. Eat the dark chocolate, put on the sunscreen, hit the gym every now and then. Have the fried food if you feel sad or happy. I was like, I just like the fried food. I'm not sad. Go but... for it. <laughs> <laughs> I said or happy. Um. All right, so Vlad, if they want to find you, where can they find you on social media? They can find me on my Instagram. That's the only social media I have. So people can stop asking about Twitter. I'm not going to post pictures of my wee-wee. <laughs> you don't have an OnlyFans? I do not. I have been asked, but I don't. So you keep it really tasteful. Wow. Yeah. Uh, let's call it that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, posting in your underwear, I wouldn't say is untasteful. No, no, I like it. I'm happy with it. I'm very... I don't feel any other way about it. I like what I do. It's fun. I get to collaborate with really fun photographers. We get to have a little kiki fun. And uh, I get to feel good about myself and get to get validated by complete strangers, which is actually nice. I'm not going to lie. I know. It's kind of surprising how validating it is to get messages from people you don't even fucking know. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's a nice thing. Well, spell your Instagram so people can follow you. Oh my god, I think there's gonna be a spelling bee. I'm gonna spell it in a different language than my own. So uh-huh. it's at at Radoy Vlad, one word. R-A-D-O-I-V-L-A-D. Cute. And well, I gotta say it's been great to actually see your face and hear Likewise. your little accent. <laughs> I can't wait to be butchered by other Americans. What? I can't wait for my accent to be butchered by other English speakers. I mean, I wouldn't say it's bad. I, I understand everything you say. Like, you speak well. Why? Oh, what do you normally... Maybe I'm stupid, but how would you... You normally speak what? No, this is how I usually speak. I mean, most of my day is uh, spent in English because it's an international environment at the university. Yeah, so, like... Yeah. This is... You, you speak other languages, too? Uh, Swedish, Romanian, and a little bit of German. Wow, she's so cultured. Oh, my God. Yeah, she's been places. all right guys well i hope you have a great week um don't do anything i want to do and we will have another episode next monday i promise thank you for having me all right bye babe it's been a pleasure